Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, my name is Monty Walden. This is the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm with Enrico Rivetto. Enrico, tell me a little bit about your winery. Where are you? I'm located uh, between Serralunga and Signo, in one hill called Lirano. In which Italian region? Piemonte. Okay. Now, we had a little walk around the vineyards earlier on, and you struck me as being completely and utterly crazy. Why? Not, it's not it's not it's not crazy it's quite uh, logic if we if we think about uh, ecosystem if you think that we are a farmer and not just a wine producer so what are you try- have- what are you trying to create here you don't talk yes, of a vineyard you talk try- of an ecosystem right yeah, we, we, I try to you know have more you know experience with other things which are not vineyards consider that here today one hectare of Barolo it cost 1.7 million uh, euro so yeah, what, have, what have you done with that? You've ripped up a hectare of and you planted vegetables. No, because because when, it, when it's too, you know, monoculture is always bad. When you have uh, intensive uh, culture, is always bad for the for the nature. Maybe today it seems that uh, we are rich, but in 10, 20 years, we would be become very poor. Because the nature doesn't think like we think. So it takes time. You think biodiversity is the way forward? Yeah, also if the word biodiversity is quite, uh, you know, everybody say the, the word biodiversity also in the wrong way. Yes, but biodiversity is the normality. You know, we try to find a way that vineyards are in balance with the nature, which is not easy, but it takes time. So just tell us some of the things that you've done to create the, the biodiversity ah, that you have. We were uh, planting wheat, we were planting 114 uh, fruit trees, we were uh, starting to, to have a green garden, canopy, 800 meters of uh, aromatic herbs, birds, so we have a small house for birds on the, on, the, on the trees. We were planting trees also for the birds to encourage them to cross our, our winery. Most people would say you're completely mad. Birds, oh, no. Birds eat wine grapes. What are you doing? What are you doing? Because, you know, you feel also, you know, I was studying winemaker school. I was studying, you know, how to make wine. But at the end of the story, we are farmers. And when you realize that you don't know how to grow a carrot, how to grow a potato, you feel a little bit ignorant of what you do. So I started at 30, 36, 37 years old to experiment something else, to experiment the the biodynamic first on the garden and after on the vineyards. And I get confident and I feel that that's the way that I would like to persuade and go. So you've planted all these, um, what you said, aromatic herbs, fruit trees, you even put fruit trees in the vineyards, which was the tradition. But some of your neighbors thought that was really crazy, right? Yes, but it was uh, the tradition. Our tradition was was this one. Plums and and peaches in the middle of the vineyard was normal. Also, the people, when they were tired of working in the vineyard, they can just catch one peach and eat it. It was also nice and pleasant. So you haven't just been a sort of pioneer in terms of biodiversity. Tell me about the Nascetta grape, which you Uh, work with. What is that? Nascetta is an indigenous white grape variety from Lange Hills. After the World War II completely disappeared. And since 2008, we started to vinify, plant and vinify. And since 2013, I think we we found the, the real natural, real way of interpretation of the nascetta. So we aged for two years in uh, in concrete tanks. Uh, we planted the north slope. That's very important. So why did you plant your nascetta vines on the north facing side, the cooler side? Because if you if you read the old books of the 18th century, uh, the nascetta was considered closer with uh, of some riesling. So the first thing that came in my mind was north. So put a north slope. Preserve the city, preserve the minerality, 
So that's that's how I started. And what are the typical flavors of the white wine nascetta? A couple of flavors? A couple of flavors. It's it's quite tricky because if you taste the nascetta after one year or six months, it's very aromatic. It reminds like a moscato, you know, very aromatic. But after two years and going further in the aging, change completely and going more in vegetal, more really Riesling oriented. That takes time. So I'm more interested in the second part of the flavors. So you also make a sparkling wine from Nebbiolo made yeah. as a white wine. Tell me about yeah, that one. That's a Nebbiolo, a Nebbiolo sparkly, which is belong a project because we take just the down part of the grape, of the cluster. Of so the, the lower part of the cluster. The lower, the lower part of the cluster, which is more acid. And we make a, a sparkling Nebbiolo, 45 months on the lease, extra brut, and it's a beginner of a new project. And its name is? Cascal. Now tell us a little bit about your, you love Barbera as well, Barbera d'Alba. Yeah. You make two wines, Zio Nando, which is Uncle Nando, right? Uh-huh. What, what's special about Uncle Nando? Yeah, because uh, Ferdinando, the uncle of my father who planted the vineyards in the 1944, old vines. You, you see that, you know, the balance after 70 years, it's done. Okay, and the other Barbera d'Alba is it's the, the Warano Soprano. What's that? Warano Soprano. Warano is the name of the hill. Soprano is the higher part. This one is uh, is a Barbera, but with the vinification similar to a Barolo, so longer maceration, longer aging, so three years of aging, almost 20, 25 days of maceration. So, what's the difference in altitude between Zio Nando, the Barbera for that, and the Barbera for Warano? Warano. Yeah, the Zionando comes from old vines. Mm-hmm. The Soprano from younger vines. The Soprano comes from higher, the top. Part of the hill, the Zonando is bigger, like 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 vineyard, and usually the soprano we make just in the best vintages. Now you've got a special dispensation. You're in the Barbaresco region, right? Yeah. But you're allowed to ferment yeah, because, Barolo here. Yeah. Why is that? Because uh, I'm an old winery, so we started in the 1902. So we have a kind of grandfather. So we are able to vinify Barbaresco also in the Barolo region. And uh, we were we were just uh, tasting the Barbaresco Marcari- Marcarini, which is my first year because uh, that's the only one uh, wine that I don't grow grapes. I just buy the grapes from an organic farmer. So I'm very happy. Okay, tell us about a little bit about your Barolos. You make a Barolo just called Serralunga, after yeah. the name of the village. What's special about that? Yeah, Barolo Serralunga is the, the classic Barolo from the village Serralunga that historically was one of the most important Barolo in the, in the, in the entire region because of the tannins. The finesse, the elegance of the tannins of Serralunga are really unique. It's made uh, with the three uh, single vineyards uh, with East exposure. And uh, we were tasting the 2013 that I think it's expressed very well, the terroir of Serralunga. I think you said um, people from Perola love finding vineyards in Serralunga, but people like you who live in Serralunga don't necessarily want to buy uh, vineyards a, outside Serralunga. That's Cerralunga. a long story, but anyway. <laughs> 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 we don't even know what to explain. But anyway, Serralunga was, uh, you know, we have a lot of calcium clay and calcium. Historically, our barolos were always green, not ripe, because we were the colder, coldest part of the, of the Barolo region. But with the changement of the, the weather and the temperature getting a little bit higher, we took a great benefit. But you're not worried about late picking. You, you're very happy no. to pick grapes late into October. Yeah, that's, we try, in according to the, the, to the vintage, of course, to pick the Nebbiolos as later as possible. Do you think organic and biodynamic farming will help you to pick later in terms of vine health and vine balance? I think it will help to have a balance each vintage. So we don't have the extreme, we don't feel the extreme. I think that's what I what I feel. So so it's almost like a buffer, organics and biodynamics is a buffer against exactly. climatic like extremes. Exactly. Finally, uh, I know that you're organic and uh, getting certified in biodynamic. You are, are making a wine in 
Amphora. In Orcho. In Orcho. Oh, sorry, sorry, which is a slightly <laughs> different... Toscan, I don't care. The, the Toscan people, they care. Okay, so tell me, so in a clay pot, basically. Yeah, right, so, so what wine is it and what shape is the clay pot and why do you use the clay pot? We use this, uh, let's say, terracotta container to age our Nebbiolo, to make one Nebbiolo. There was an experiment started in 2014 to have a eight months maceration Nebbiolo, no clarification, no filtration, quite extreme. So eight months is basically the juice and the skins are and together. And the skins together. So it's, it's, it's a lot, especially in a Nebbiolo, believe me, it's yeah, a lot. That's pretty extreme, yeah? Yeah, it's extreme, but anyway, it's not, when you taste it, it's not so extreme, extreme as, 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 you talk, as you think, because anyway, the Italians are quite, you know, of course are more rustic, of course are more wild, but there's no big defense on that. I mean, because the idea of, of making Nebbiolo in, in this kind of container was to, to try to do something really extreme, because you know, there's a trend of these natural wines and so on. So I said, let's see what I can do on that. And I'm very happy. I'm very happy and I start to study also and experiment the terracotta, which is a, 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 a materials very interesting, it's especially. Por porous, that allows yeah, a little bit of oxygen. Very porous. Yeah. You have a micro-oxygenation, but you don't have an ox oxidation. So listen, next time I come back, I'm going to want to taste your bread from your uh, grains that you've sown. You, you come and help me. Yeah. It's not easy life. <laughs> Probably eat some of those birds that are flying around. Some of your vegetables, you've got an amazing collection of vegetables. Yeah and herbs. I think, I think you're really cutting edge what you're doing here and um, people may it's think fun. that you're crazy but uh, no, I think you're definitely it's on the right track. It's, it's fun and uh, believe me there are uh, much more crazy people who are doing more crazy people, crazy things than what I do. I think that's something who comes from my feeling. I, I feel to do it and I have to do it and that's my big problem that I cannot stop. It's yeah. my drug. Bigger than you. <laughs> okay. Enrico Roberto, it's been a real pleasure. Um, thank you for showing me your vineyard thank today. You so and uh, sharing your thoughts on, uh, on biodiversity, Barolo Barbaresco. Thank you so much and uh, hope to see you guys over here. Arrivederci. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.